And sometimes, and this is not by way of pride or some haughty juvenility. Because sometimes I'm watching TBN Fifth Satellite Station or some other channels via satellite and I hear some grace preachers who today are now preaching grace. And they say some things that really get them excited. They are so excited. They are like, I'm saying this finally. And then I'm thinking that a number of these things we have been saying since 1989. 1989. 25 years ago. This we've been preaching for 25 years. I want you to Take advantage of this thing you have. Because it's worth it. On Wednesday, I said to you, I said, I want to be prayerful. I want you to be prayerful. Praying in the spirit always. Taking advantage of every moment. First Peter 1 verse 8 but the end of all things verse 7 rather is at hand. The end of all things is at hand. Be therefore sober. To be sober is to be vigilant. To have a sound mind of vigilance. Be ye therefore sober and watch unto prayer. This came 2,000 years ago. Over 2,000 years ago. If the message was urgent, so urgent that someone like Peter says to be vigilant then I can bet you that 2,000 years plus we should be more vigilant we should be more vigilant Two. 
thousand years have come and gone. Sometimes people wonder and they say, Sir, what exactly is this this point of urgency, gravity, time consciousness, time is short. If something that was meant to be at the tail end has allowed 2,000 years to lapse. If those who lived then became so serious became sacrosanct, became holy, revered and consecrated themselves towards the end times. And for 2,000 years, it still has not come. Is the end time doctrine not suspect? Well, not so. And the reason is not far-fetched. This is because if somebody had died 2,000 years ago and today there is no option of repentance or a second chance to relieve one's life then for the person it really was an urgent thing. Think about, number one, the graveness of the message. The seriousness attached to it. The possibility of eternal damnation in the case of rejection. The possibility of cutting trouble with eternity before God. Number two, think of the span of your life. How long would I live? Number three, the things you don't do now, you may never do. The things you don't do now, you may never do. Are you in church? It's an urgent message indeed. The things you don't do now, you may never do. Let's learn something very important. From Luke 24 and verse 48, and some other verses that will come to mind as we make progress. I want you to be devoted to being an evangel, a testifier, a witness. Like Peter would say, he said, I'm an elder. I'm a partaker of his suffering. A witness of his suffering and a partaker of the glory that shall be revealed. 
First Peter chapter 5 from verse 1. You are witnesses. You are witnesses. I see that there's something seriously wrong with the anatomy of our faith in contemporary Christianity. The frame of our faith is warped and has been bewildered with basic constructive or construction errors. For example, let's see. He said to his apostles, his disciples, who had been with him for some years, you are witnesses. You are witnesses. Are you in church? Which simply means you are testifiers of these things. In a legal, a historical, And an ethical sense, legal, historical, and ethical sense of the word testifier, you are a witness. You've seen these things. You, 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 you've seen them. I find this very interesting to believe that Jesus Christ sent his disciples primarily on the grounds that they have had first and living experience with the supernatural. You have you have seen these things. You have seen these things. So the witnesses. Luke's gospel chapter number one. He said the former treatise that I wrote to you, Theophilus, of all that Jesus Christ both began to do and then to teach. The word of God comes your way 
with practicable evidence and possibilities of the miraculous. God is not stingy or scanty with his power. The, 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 the glorious manifestation of God's ability is not an exclusive preserve of the clergy. The famous spiritual. See on Sunday that the, the wider the wider the gap between the pulpits and the pews the less grasp we have of redemption the, the wider the gap between the great great man of a little god and the tiny suffering, spiritually thirsty, no spiritually lacking members of the church, the poorer our understanding or estimation of redemption. All that Jesus Christ began to demonstrate. All that Jesus began to show I'm looking through the Bible and I see that it is the will of God for you and I to always rise from conviction of the miraculous and to preach the gospel with same evidence Let's learn from Luke 24 verse 48 one more time. You are a witness in a legal, a historical, and an ethical sense. You are a record. You are a record. You, you are a record of this thing. You are witnesses of these things. Let's see verse 49. And behold, I send the promise of my father upon you. But, but, we've got to stay a while. There's a procedure. Don't miss the procedure. Don't, don't miss the procedure. Are you in church? Let's learn Acts 1 and verse 8. You see, God is not, he's not, he's not a tight wild. He's not Simonious. He's not greedy. He's not withholding unduly. He has made us 
partakers of his divine nature. And we ought to advance the gospel of Christ with the power in its very elements. In its very elements. But you shall receive power. Let's, let's, let's learn from verse 5, 6, 7 and then coalesce into, into 8. Let's learn. John truly baptized with water. But you shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. The same Holy Spirit Jesus said was with them who shall be in them who was going to be advantageous. He will not leave them orphans. He will send him unto them was the same Holy Spirit they were going to be baptized with. Literally. Christ was saying, look, you are going to be immersed in the influence of the Spirit to the point of a change in your life. And this was exactly the concept of baptism in Bible days. People were immersed. They were immersed in flowing streams or rivers. Flowing bodies of water. They were immersed ceremoniously. Which symbolized cleansing and a renewal of transformation. The Jews, apart from the thought and the ceremonious cleansing of the filth of the flesh, also had the concept of a change of lineage by baptism. Proselytes, proselytes, proselytes. In Bible days, we are Gentiles. People of other nations that were not primarily Jews by birth. Who for being immersed in certain bodies of flowing water were regarded to have earned or to have gained citizenship. When a Samaritan was immersed in River Jordan by a ceremonial washing seven times, he had become a national of the Jewish Jews kingdom. With this backdrop and understanding, Christ was saying, listen, in many days, you are going to be immersed under the influence of the paracletos to the point that you will be changed. John immersed you in water for cleansing. The Pharisees and the Pharisees immersed in water for a change of nationality. But you shall be immersed 
with the spirit of God. You will be overtaken and submerged. You will be introduced into the spirit. Like a body of water. And this will bring a supernatural change to your life. Verse 6. Verse 6. So when they come together out of fears and confusion. And a lack of understanding of prophetic times. They said to him. Lord. You've been raised from the dead and we can't doubt it anymore. Restore the kingdom back to us. Let's have complete control. Let's take our territory back. Do something miraculous now. Deliver us from the slavery and servitude. Not just to the Roman Empire, but to the whole world. Let's, let's become noted and notable, unique people of God's kingdom like it used to be in the Old Testament. Restore the kingdom to us. Let's have the autonomy. The republican autonomy. Let's be independent of the nations of this earth. Come on. You're a political figure already. You've got the power to do it for us. Do something for us so that we'll be on top. Then will you restore the kingdom back to Israel? Restore what has been lost for over 435 years. For something has been described in, 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 in theological terms as the dark ages. They are said to have lapsed like 400 years. While it looked like Israel was docile, dormant, dead. And the prophets all had been slain. Restore the kingdom back to Israel. And like Christ will always sound. Christ will always sound. A brother said to me, he said, after school, he began to pray and to fast and to ask the Lord, what should I do? He began to pray and to fast. This is some six, seven years ago. Today he's a big farmer, big time mechanized farmer. But then some six, seven years ago, he was asking the Lord after school, after his masters, Lord, what should I do? And according to him, the spirit of the Lord said to him, feed the poor. Lord, where do I walk? What do I do? And the Lord says, feed the poor. One thing you must learn it's not like the Lord has a callous outlook. He does not leave us out helplessly. The Lord is not wicked or weak-willed. He's not inhuman. Unconcerned about us or that he neglects. Sometimes you are so in your mind far from the Lord and you almost can't think that there is anything powerful left in your life. And you're just expecting a spontaneous answer. You're saying, Lord, I want a spontaneous response. 
There's no voice. There's no wind. There's no earthquake. There's no fire. There's no small still voice or still small voice. His ways are not your ways. Isaiah 55 and verse 8. God's ways, God's thoughts are not like men. He doesn't think like we think. See, see what they are saying. They are saying, look, we need we need a transformation in this political hegemony. We need, we need something to propel the wings of our sovereignty. When will you restore the kingdom back to Israel like it was under the Old Testament? Then Jesus said, ah, I'm sorry, oh, I wasn't looking this way. Oh my God. Ah, even as God, I, I forget some things. Oh, I did not know the problem is as big, bad as this. Are you really serious that you are, being, you are suffering? Oh, oh, I'm sorry. I will restore the kingdom back to Israel in 100 years. Are you okay now? His ways are not our ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts. You see, the better you are able to align with the thoughts of God, the less anxious you'll be in life. The better you are able to align with the thoughts of God, the less anxious you'll be in life. Let me say what I'm saying. Now, you are, you are 29 years old as a woman and you are not married. And this is contraindicative. This is poor prognosis for many women. It's a disaster. 29, you are not married. 29. <laughs> you know, sometimes I told somebody who was 25, 26. I said, I said look, the, the way you are going, it's as if you are, I don't, your move is not somehow, your move is somehow. person said, ah, pastor, if at this age, there's no man sleeping with me, won't you pray for me? I said, ah, Oliver, which one is that one again, Oliver? You know, some people have that mentality that, me the new boyfriend, Tomba Mishin, cut 24. I have for me now. And that's also the mentality of people. Are you getting the mentality? So when you are 29 and you are not married, it's a disaster. So what kind of prayer are you praying at 29? You are praying. Quick invoking prayer. Power must change hands. Lord, I break the head of all the witches. (laughs) 
There was a prayer the Geo prayed. He said, Who is the Geo? Don't worry about this one. He prayed this prayer. Christmas. It's Christmas, one Christmas service. Our last Christmas service. He said, Everybody who, who is angry at your success. Or who, who envies you will not see the new year. And six million souls thunderously screamed, Amen. Please be careful. If you see anybody making progress in the Geo's church and you don't celebrate with them, be warned. So this lady at 29 is praying, God, give me a husband. And then, you suddenly by the word of God that comes to your mind. Because sometimes when we are praying, God will come to our mind. It just comes to your mind as an inspiration. Maybe a, a perception. Maybe an intuitive revelation. And you find that by the word, there is a peace that floods your mind. It simply means you should be less anxious. So I'm saying that the better I am able to align with the feelings of God concerning my most pressing needs, the less anxious I will be in life. And anxiety is no good. This is why it says, be anxious for nothing. Live a life free of anxiety. Anxieties come from doubt. Faith is never anxious. When you are anxious, faith is weak. And Christianity is poor. Lord, restore. Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh, I'm in trouble. Oh, Father. Yeah, God. Oh, hallelujah. There's the concept of himself, himself, himself knew what he will do. Himself knew what he is a concept. Himself, he knew what he will do. Some years ago, I want to preach at your state, yes. So I told the pastor many years ago, I said to the pastor, I said, Pastor, not the old church. So you're not guessing who, which of the pastors. When I say old church, it seals the testimony as old testimony that you're not a part of. I said to the pastor, I said, please, I will not be in town. You preach tomorrow. You preach tomorrow. The man said, ah, Revo, ah. Revo, ah. Revo, I'm not prepared. I said, I'm giving you one week. It's Sunday today. I'll be out of town Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Get set and come to preach on Sunday while I'm away. 
to preach also. They were, I'm not prepared. I said, this is what I'm telling you. One week ahead of time so you can have all the time in the world to prepare yourself. He said, Revo, I can't do it. I said, emoji, please. He said, okay, I'll try. So when I got there preaching on Friday, Saturday, Saturday night, I just had a knowing that he would not come to church. I had an intuitive knowing a strong perception in my mind that this brother who was then pastor of main, main campus would abscond. I just, I just knew it. Now it's not pastor. Uzo, Uzo was not even in church then. Uzo was still at primary school at Joss. Was still at primary two or nursery school at Joss with his small bikini and his yellow legs. So it, it, it couldn't have been Uzo. So the moment I had this intuition, I just got the sermon ready. I got the sermon ready. So by the next day, I was meant to have a meeting with some of the executive committee members of the fellowship or the church where I had gone to preach. So I told them at five, I said, sorry, the meeting is for nine. Get your members. Let's have the meeting for seven. We've got to leave for a long time. And I said, well, I said, I have to leave. So, by 9.30 we were in town. And then, the man sent a note through members of the, a member of the fellowship and said, Sir, I am sorry. I have this nagging headache. Diarrhea. Cough. Catar. Bed flu. Ebola. I have all put together with Ilyoshika Lumbago of the head. And carotid, carotid jugular accentuation of the liver. I will not come to church. Then a number of people that followed me were like, Ah, Revo, oh God. I knew what I was going to do. I had been ready. I, I had known already. It's a good concept. See, when they said to him, Lord, can't you come through this way? Holy Spirit, can't you? Let's, let's, uh Lord, this side, what did he say? Verse 7. Jesus replied unto them like God, it is not for you to know the times or the seasons. Which the father had put in his own power. What's your business? Your business is this. Verse 8. Verse 8. Verse 8. But you, you. The procedure that concerns you is that. You shall be endowed. You shall become endued, embodied, encapsulated, and enabled with ability. There's something I've explained to you in this church 
over and over again. I'm going to explain to you because for me it is not grievous for you it is safe. It is not a burden. I can explain over and over again. Christian empowerment is Christianity. When you're a Christian, you don't need empowerment. You are already empowered. The concept of Christianity is empowerment for humanity. When a man is given eternal life as a proceed or an answer to his faith in God by Christ's death and resurrection, he is empowered. Accepting you into his kingdom is empowerment. If you're a Christian and you have become one by faith in Christ's death and resurrection, then you are empowered by nature. By levels. Restoring the kingdom back to Israel politically is not as important as divine empowerment. The things of God are a marvel. If you were told to make a choice between being physically rich and being spiritually empowered, you will choose the former. Whereas the truth of the matter is being empowered is more important for life. For you can become very rich by the possibilities of empowerment. But you can't become empowered by being rich. My heart bleeds for certain Christians who have become successful on the grounds of treachery or fraudulence. My heart bleeds. Let me give you an example. You know, you can have a young girl, maybe a young girl of 20, 21 on campus, who is a wrong girl. You should be of a wrong girl. It's too deep. Ask Ate. Because Ate's school is notorious for money rituals and wrongs. You can find out from Ate. You know, you can have a wrong girl who is making money. She's really making, she's beautiful, so. I heard that these days you need beauty and charm. Because there are too many beautiful girls. So if you are going to wait for a bit of beauty, you will meet jokers. When you add some charm to it, you can, you can move forward. The Lord will help you. Oliver has some customers along this area. Because that's why he's just giggling the way he's giggling. Okay, so, now there, there could be a wrong girl who is making money and then she gets married. She just gets married. 
and marries a decent man. And then she just becomes decent. She comes to church. She joins the choir. She gives to church. And she seemingly pulls a, a psychological cloth over her past as though it never happened. So, that's then. I'm not a good girl. Ha! Certain consequences of her actions on her mind, on her psyche, certain seeds she has sown in life that may, may germinate. She does, she, ah, that's then. Then she becomes a pastor. I mean, it's just, just it's gone. And over the night, she becomes spiritual. No, no. Now listen, I'm not talking about the consequences of her sins as the reason of possible failure. I'm saying that. She has not labored to create a foundation for living. But then she assumes that I can make progress. Then suddenly trouble begins. The husband becomes very ill. She becomes ill herself. I think we have been foolish training Christians to succeed without Christian fundamentals or foundation to sustain success. Something important about success is that alongside trying to succeed, you need what it takes being a success. There are people who succeed and fail so terribly, you're like, did he really ever succeed? Because they were never really taught. They were not taught. We never teach the dangers of prosperity. We never teach the dangers of wealth. We had a seminar sometime, old church. After our invited guest had taught how to make money, how to have business breakthrough, I came Sunday morning when they were all gone and I taught the dangers of wealth. And folks were like, your own is always different. Hey, can you recall this? Why are you like this? This is why you have have a small church. But I don't think I'm being outrageous here or ridiculous. I don't think I'm even sincerely, I do not think I'm being um, um, sinister or mysterious or mystical. No. They that be rich in this world, First Timothy 6 and verse 9, fall into a snare, into many foolish and hurtful lusts and temptations which drown men with perdition. For the love of money is the root of all evil, which while some coveted after they have erred from the faith and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. Something I see in the Bible is the fact that there is always a, 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 a delineation between wealth and the power of God. It looks like if you are rich, you must be careful. So you don't miss it. See something? For as much as you were not redeemed with 
corruptible things like silver and gold. First Peter 1 and verse 18. Corrupt. Because silver and gold corrupt. James 1 and verse 9. Let the brother of low degree, the brother who is a petty slavish person, who is poor, but he's a brother, let him rejoice in that he's exalted. There is more to life than physical affluence or material possession. Jesus said, look, you shall become enabled. You shall receive dunamis. You shall receive dunamis. And I read the history of dynamites. Dynamo. For example, the generator is working with the dynamo power. Dynamites. Explosives. And I read this history. I have not proved it yet. I wish to prove it sometime. A man made some explosives. He made some explosives. And along the lines of traveling, he met a Greek scholar. And he said, what? What is the right word for explosives in your language? Something that has inherent explosive capabilities. And the Greek scholar said, dunamis. So the man coined his explosives dynamite from the word dunamis. It means power that can explode anytime. And when it explodes, it remains. Most times, explosives go down. Renege on atomic energies after they've released then death comes suddenly upon this. Autonomous describes power that self-sustains. It self-creates. Self-creates. It keeps creating the thing and creating more and creating more and creating more. is being generated when it gives out it generates more this is a very very powerful statement coming from Jesus 
how could Jesus be making this kind of radical statement? It's, it's radical. You see, you, you will appreciate Christianity better when you look closely at the New Testament. You can slowly read the Bible at times. You, you can actually slowly read. You can slowly read. I know sometimes we're trying to cover grounds, but it's more important to cover contents than grounds of many chapters. Yes. You can, you can read and stay on it a while. You can ponder the scriptures. Jesus was telling humans, you shall be empowered. This mighty miracle worker, this person that was accredited, accredited, reading Acts 2 from verse 20 to 23 are accredited by God with miracles and signs and wonders which he did. This person whose miracles were so many, so elaborate and so superlative that if books were written on them, possibly the world would not be able to contain these books. It's just metaphorical to show you that they were stupendous. Jesus healed entire multitudes. Entire multitudes. Sometimes I've had inspiration by the Spirit of God that everybody's been healed. And I, 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 it always jolts me. When I, when I just have the revelation, everybody here is being healed. I'm always like, yeah, it reminds me of the miracles of Jesus. When I get the inspiration, there is nobody sick here again. I'm always excited. I'm always like, Spirit of God, thank you. you know, these are possibilities I'm trusting the Lord you will think about and walk in. You know, there are times, there are times I'm in services and, and, I, and I say, death hears, death hears, death, death hears, sorry, Deaf ears are being healed now. They say, okay, lumps are disappearing. They say, you know, in stages, Jesus must have healed this way. At a point, Luke 6 and verse 19, he stood in a plain, and people who had ailments described as plagues. Incurable ailments sought to touch him, and they were healed, every one of them. The lame. Now, this mighty, stupendously fragrant miracle worker is given an assurance you shall be enabled by the Spirit of God. It's alarming. If Jesus had not been a miracle worker and he was just some talkative. And then he's saying, oh hey, you guys, let's pray for miracles. I'll have just held his speech with a pinch of salt. 
If Christ were just an ordinary petty church goer, given a promise of what he himself cannot do, Allah said, but this is a miracle worker. This is a miracle worker. This is a miracle worker himself. So at Luke chapter number one, Luke one, Acts one, Acts one, I wanted to say, sorry, Acts one, and verse number eight, you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Let's, let's analyze this. I don't want to make a mistake. The reason why I come to this church and I teach you explicitly or I explain to you as much as possible is so that you get the concept. When you live on the concept, your life will never remain the same again. It clicks. Stop struggling. Start growing. Tell your neighbor, say, stop struggling. Start growing. to be a better Christian. Just grow. When you struggle to be a better Christian, you will soon end frustrated. But when you grow, when you grow, you will enjoy Christianity. Growth does not come by wishful thinking. It comes by serious and dutiful impure. There is no way you can improve your life by praying two hours every day and reading your Bible an extra hour that you will not experience growth in one week. It will be obvious that something is happening to you. Something is happening to you. People who are extroverts, talkative, charlatans, loquacious people who spice their lives with little fasting twice in a week and one hour tongues every day discover a spiritual calm. <laughs> Just discover that. You are calm. Fasting is good. But when you are weak and very hungry, but you are maintaining a status quo of not eating till it's time, you really can respond when people insult you. You really can fight back. Most times, you are bent over with pains and paroxysms of hunger. So you say, Father, forgive them. For they don't know what they do. Try fasting. Hallelujah. Okay? Let's go. You shall receive enablement after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. 
receive enablement. You shall receive power, dunamis. Self-creating power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. You shall be enabled. I did something once. And it was a miracle. A brother said to me, the brother said, I understand once and for all. He said, he had always heard that God leads the Christian. But he's always found it very difficult to realize and locate. Then he comes to church for the very first time. And I'm preaching and I say, simple mathematics. As many as received him, equals sons of God. John 1, 12. Romans 8, 14. As many as are led, equals sons of God. Sons or children of God is the same thing. It's the same. If you are led, you are a child of God. If you receive him, you become a child of God. Simple mathematics. A equals B. C equals B. It means A equals C. Simultaneous equation. You say, what do you mean, sir? If this lectern, this lectern equals this pillar. And this projector screen also equals the pillar. It means this equals the projector screen. This is mathematics. Hallelujah. It's mathematics. If a hundred naira bill if a hundred naira bill is the same as Two fifty-nine notes. And a hundred naira bill is also the same as five twenty naira notes. It simply means that five twenty naira notes is the same as two fifty naira notes. Simple mathematics. So let's the same way we said if you receive him, you are led. Let's, let's equate this verse to Ephesians 1.13 and learn something important. Are you getting something from this? Ephesians 1 and verse 13. I honestly trust the Lord. In whom he also trusted. I have just I have, I have trusted after I had the word of truth which is the gospel of salvation. I believe in Christ. Then he confirms me with the Holy Spirit. Being confirmed with the Holy Spirit is the same as being empowered 
So, anybody who believes in Christ is confirmed with the Spirit which answers to being empowered. So, the least Christian is empowered by God. The worst Christian is empowered by God. Can you heal the sick? Yes. If a Christian can, you can. Can you cast out devils? Yes. If a Christian can, you can. Can you raise the dead? Yes. If a Christian can, you can. Can you do what Christ did? Yes. This also answers to John 14 and verse 12. He that believeth on me, the works I do shall he do also. And greater works than this shall he do because I am going to the Father. Going to the Father answers to going to send the spirit that will empower the Christian. You are empowered by birth into Christ. Any Binilang job. If you have the seed of God within you, then you are empowered. It says, being born again, not of corruptible, but of incorruptible seed. If you are born of the seed of God, any Binilang job, you look like God. When we talk about looking like God, we always think straight of being holy. Yes, it's good to be holy. We look like God, so we are holy. We look like God, we must be holy in our work. We look like God, we must perfect holiness in the fear of God. We also look like God, we are empowered. Let's not be lopsided and say, and say well, we look like God in holiness. But when he comes to power, my brother, it is not easy. My brother, hey, can you raise the dead? I am asking you a so answer me now. Has you been able to raise the dead before? Has you raised the dead before? You are asking in unbelief. Don't ask me if I can raise the dead. Ask me if I am a Christian. Because raising the dead is not as important as being a Christian. serious problem we have and I'm, I'm trusting the Lord each time I think about it I see the work is enormous it's so, it's so enormous it's gigantic it's gigantic it's, it's scary the work that has to be done teaching the body of Christ is scary very very scary even this church sometimes when I hear what people say at Bible study I know that I'm doing nothing. I say, Lord, have mercy upon my life. These are people I teach Wednesday, Fridays, Wednesday, Fridays, Wednesday, Fridays, Wednesday, Friday, Wednesday, Friday, sweating, struggling, shouting, screaming. I open my mouth, I'm doing everything, I'm breaking their skull, and yet, they just look like, have you my message assembly? Go, ye, me, 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 le, paro. Go to year, and ask just ah, but of a year, ah, 
If all of a year by Evoco Yemini, that is Josie. Show the year mock yesterday by Shoshoko, my year. You see. The, the mule, the horse, the donkey drives the caravan or the cart for conveying people, goods, farm produce or luggage in certain parts of the world. Some are seizing up to now. So, the horse drives the cart. Just, just like <clears throat> the Tractor, the caterpillar drives the, the harrower or the plower. The horse drives the caravan. So, you never make sense putting the caravan or the cart ahead of the horse. Who drives who? You make no sense when you teach people to walk walks that ought to result from their being saved first. Hey! Oh! There are many Christians who are walking disorderly. In fact, yesterday I had the pastor of Mercy Assembly. He said, Abu Yebuni. Oh, Yawereni. So, there are many Christians whose mouths must be stopped from saying nonsense. They are born again. Word, 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 word. Yet they say nonsense. So, let's train people not to say nonsense. Whether they are born again or not is a wrong cause to chart. He said nonsense is not as important as if he's born again. Let's first lead him to Jesus. Then we'll not teach him that he has the power to use and yield his instrument as members of righteousness. Or members for righteousness. Yield his members rather as instruments of righteousness than ungodliness. The same way, in the same vein, in the same vein, ladies and gentlemen, in the same vein, in the same way, Christians are interested in walking the works of Jesus. Without an emphasis on how it operates. You are empowered by being a Christian. The moment I leave the thought of being empowered as a Christian. And I'm trying to get power. I have missed it. The reason why I can heal the seeker is because I'm born of the spirit of God. The reason why I can cast out devils is because I'm born of the spirit of God. The reason why God reveals to me what is going on in service is because I'm born of the spirit of God. 
You can work better in these things. Being conscious. Hallelujah. There is something I operate that is cast. I operate a kind of um, supernatural ministry in, 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 in church settings like this that is different. I'll explain to you quickly. This is not meant to be a boast. It's just um, an exposition. Most pastors preach. They preach. Then they say, you have had the word. You have had the word. I want to pray for the sick. You have not had the word. You've had the word. Faith has been built in your heart. So, I want to pray for you now. Or some will say, you have had the word. It is time for miracles. Geostar is very funny. Whatever he preaches, whatever, whatever, whatever he preaches, Geo said, Geo said, he said, who is Geo? Ask Brother Shea, he will know. Geo said, the reason why he is prospering the way he is today is because of God's grace. And particularly, his mother's blessing. He said because while he was a lecturer at Lorian at Unilad, when he takes money home, the mother would say, ah, I'm happy with you. When you call one person, Igbaloma down, 200 will answer. He said today, if he says, a pastor, 2,000 will answer. So, the grace upon Jew is number one, God's grace. Then, particularly, his mother's grace is more important than Christ's death. Whatever he preaches, he just says, now, pull your ears. Come and give your life to Christ. Then he prays for them. Father, receive them. Receive them, oh God. Receive them. In Jesus' name, receive them. Father, Father, oh my Lord. Father, receive them. In Jesus' name, receive them. Now, confess your sins. Amen. Then they take their names and they become Christians. What people call salvation, listen, is the, the psychological strength to break the jinx of coming to publicly attest to Christ. That's Ate, listen, Ate, who had been in this church for many years, goes to redemption camp and walks out before Jew and says, I want to get born again. In salvation, eh? Ate walked to the podium, eh? She this is what they call salvation. And it's not salvation at all. For a man must hear the word. See salvation. Trust 
after you have heard the word, which is the gospel, you believe, then Christ seals you. If you don't go through this process, you are not saved. So listen to my story. I operate a style. Let me tell you the style now. Most times, when I preach, the moment I get on stage, the miracles begin. No preaching. No preaching. As I get on, without preaching, and I've come to realize it's, it's called um, the gift of working of miracles. And he, Oliver, did you say yes? Oliver, this is what I'm saying. It's not um, uh, Jacob Jacob. Oliver, don't say yes again. No. All right. You know, the gifts of healings and the working of it, it's gifts of the spirit. So it has nothing to do with whether I preach or not. It just begins to operate. That's, 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 that's a dimension. So whether you have faith or not, it doesn't matter. In fact, I get on stage, something happens, we take testimonies first. We stay one hour first. Then I'll preach two hours and close in one hour. First, the miracles. And I'm, I'm asking why, 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 why is it happening like this? It, it's a dimension of Christian power. It's not, it's not after I've preached the word, they have faith in the word, then they are healed. Before I preach the word, the gift of the spirit operates because I am a Christian. Good style. Now, I didn't say the style is yours. You may possibly not be able to operate it. I did listen carefully. I did not say that's the way I do it because my mother laid hands on me. But the way Habali said is the same thing. So the Habali told me that God will use me. If the Habali tells me God will use me, I refuse to be used of God. Yeah, does it make sense? How can the Habali confirm what God is saying? No, no, it doesn't make sense. you to through the word of God appreciate the virtues of Christ in you because you have been sealed with the spirit empowerment is in being a Christian would you believe this if you can then you can walk in the miracles the, the empowerment is in being a Christian that you are born of the spirit of God. Translated from the kingdom of darkness. Into the kingdom of his dear son. You become a new creature. Purchased and redeemed. By the spirit of God. You have partaken of his divine nature. And you have the spirit of God within you. You have eternal life in your body. Right now spiritually. Is the empowerment. This is the greatest empowerment. You will ever have. God has given you only one thing. 
and looking through the Bible, the blessedness of God is singular. There is only one thing between you and God. Only something changed hands. God did not bless with money. He doesn't bless with prosperity. The new creature has not blessed with favor. The new creature has been given eternal life. This is why he's called a new creature. He was born after men. Now he's born after God. The being born after God is by the gift of life. This is why he's called a new creature. Newly born after eternal life. Being born again. Not of corruptible seed. All birds on this earth is corruptible. The earth is corrupt. And the seed of man is corrupt. The seed of man, the stem of man is corrupt. It produces a corrupt nature. No man can say. No man. Proverbs 12 and verse 9. No man can say, my hands are clean. I'm free from my sin. Every seed of man is corrupt. But being born again is being born of the seed of God. You become a new creature. Being a new creature is divine empowerment, enablement, and endowment. Who is empowered? The Christian. Who can heal the sick? The Christian. Who can raise the dead? The Christian. Whose prayers are answered? The Christian. Who can make a demand of divine power? The Christian. Who has done a life? The Christian. Who has been translated from the kingdom of darkness into God's kingdom? The Christian. If you are a Christian, you are empowered. This is the truth of the Bible. We must maintain it. Whether you are boy or girl. For in Christ Jesus, not whether you are male or female. Galatians 3 and verse 28. It is faith. Galatians 5 and verse 6 that walketh by love. Not circumcision or not circumcision. For in Christ Jesus. Galatians 6 and verse 15. Neither circumcision nor uncircumcision availeth, but a new creature, as many as walk by this rule, peace and mercy upon them and upon the Israel of God. He said, Let no man trouble me. Henceforth I bear in my body the sufferings of Jesus. By the word of being the new creature, you have been empowered. This is the truth. And listen to Gio. Gio preached on signs and wonders of a new creature. I was amazed. I said, oh, Gio, that's great. Then he said, if Jesus can heal the lame, I can heal the lame. I almost exploded. I said, ah, glory! Then he said, if Jesus can heal the lame, you all can heal the lame. Not one soul said, Amen. They were all quiet. He said, I know you'll be quiet. You can't believe this. You can't. But it is true. I listened, I listened, listened out for Joseph Prince, the Singaporean, the Singaporean 
um, funny preacher. He said, the Christian is forgiven. Past, present, future. He said, boy. Boy. Did you hear this before? The Christian is forgiven. Past, present, future. <laughs> Hallelujah. Whatever this means to you. I, I didn't say I say it. I, I didn't say I've said I didn't say I'm saying it. I said, Joseph Prince said it. So if you are through with this you meeting at Singapore, hallelujah. Past, but this is the truth of Christianity. He's forgiven past, present, and future by the forbearance of God. Having God's everlasting righteousness means sins will never be held against thee again. Hallelujah. You can't believe it, can you? What? Okay. Let's close. Brother, play something. Play something. Acts 1 verse 8. Let's close. I'm empowered. Some of the some of the greatest revelations this generation would ever know have been preached on this stage many years before now. Some of the some of the truest revelations, hardcore revelation of redemption, has been preached on this stage 15 years before now. Spiritual ebb, I am empowered. At my worst state of Christianity, I have been empowered. Empowerment in my life does not need renewal. Psalm 92 and verse 10. Psalm 92 and verse 10. The horn of the unicorn. Pictorially or metaphorically standing for authority. says my kingly authority shall be exalted higher above all birds I shall be anointed with fresh oil what is the meaning of this each day David's head the king was anointed with oil. Symbolism of freshness. 
or renewal of strength renewal of kingly role and authority some Yoruba have things that answer to this they do all sorts of rituals to show that the king's reign will continue there are some rituals that the kings must do or they will die daily or they will die or they may not last long as kings David was saying look constantly repeating and every morning I have my bed be gatched up as a king with fresh oil ordinary oil ordinary oil ordinary ororo ororo ordinary oil the Christian does not need a renewing of empowerment because the empowerment within him remains new every day. He cannot dwindle in quantity, cannot wane, fail in quality, cannot change in substance, cannot lose viscosity spiritually, cannot become watery, If you are a Christian, you are empowered. Thank you, Jesus. Stand up and thank him for his mercy. Thank him for his goodness. Thank him for his mercy. Thank him for his goodness. Thank him for his mercy. Thank him for his goodness. Thank him for his mercy. Hey! Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus.